Uh, well, good evening to you all and a very warm welcome to Christchurch. For those of you who don't know me, uh, my name's Dan. Uh, I'm the vicar here at Christchurch and came um, at the end of January this year. So I've not quite been here a year. So this is my first Christmas. And it's good to see so many of you here, many of you that I don't yet know, but hopefully I will get to know you in due course. So a few minutes to reflect on some questions. And the question I'd like to begin with is this. Why are you here? Now, I don't mean that in some kind of cosmic existential sense, but I'm just wondering why you've come here this evening, here and now to this carol service. That was the question posed by Philip in the monologue right at the beginning of this evening's service. Why are you here? Strictly's finished. Survivor's finished. Maybe you thought you'd just pop along to church. Now, I suspect that there are a whole variety of reasons that have brought people here tonight. But whatever the reason for being here, uh, I'm really pleased and grateful to see so many of you here and see the church full. We gathered and joined together to celebrate this extraordinary thing that happened just over 2,000 years ago. But it's a question that we might present, uh, but we might ask those that were present at that very first Christmas, all those years ago. Why were they there? Why did they go to that stable in Bethlehem? We know the short answer for Mary and Joseph from our third Bible reading. There was a census called by the Roman Emperor. He wanted to tax his people and make money out of them. So Mary and Joseph had to travel back to Bethlehem. It was the place of Joseph's ancestral line. Well, the longer answer would need us to spend the next hour or so unpacking various parts of the Old Testament in order to try and understand why Mary and Joseph were there at that particular moment. But for now, let's just leave it as this. Mary and Joseph were being obedient in playing their part in God's good news and rescue plan for the whole universe. So what about the shepherds and the wise men? Well, as we heard in our fourth reading, the shepherds were out tending to their sheep at night when suddenly the supernatural broke into their lives. The glory of the Lord shone around them and they were greatly afraid. The shepherds were an odd choice. They lived on the margins of society and they weren't very highly thought of. I think if I was planning this event, I would have chosen someone a bit more respectable, a bit more mainstream, people that would carry a bit more kudos and respect. Maybe you'd have gone for some politicians. Maybe not. Maybe you'd have gone for some religious leaders. Or maybe not. (laughs) Yet God sends an angel to the shepherds to tell them the good news of great joy, that the Saviour, the Rescuer, has been born. And so we heard the shepherds run off to find the baby Jesus. 
And after they found him, they returned to the fields, praising God. Not sure this would have been much appreciated by the people of Bethlehem, as the shepherds were shouting and singing raucously through the streets at two in the morning, or whatever time it happened to be. The point is this, though. These were ordinary, down-to-earth folk, minding their own business, when God broke in and changed everything, with an invitation to be part of this extraordinary event that in turn changed the world and the whole entire universe. The wise men, they heard the news in a different way. I suppose we could call it science, or perhaps even reason these days. In studying the stars and ancient prophecies, they identified that something important, something earth-shatteringly shatteringly significant had happened. And so they set off to find out what. Can you imagine the scene when they arrived? It's the equivalent of walking into Buckingham Palace and saying, so where's this new king? We'd like to worship him. It caused quite a stir. But the point is this. These were rich, exotic, clever people who studied and reasoned and recognised the hand of God in the universe in the course of their everyday lives. So on the one hand, you have a slightly disreputable bunch on the edge of society who suddenly experience God revealing himself in a supernatural way and who invited them to come and worship him. And on the other hand, you have a respected, wise, learned, well-off group of professionals who through their studying and reason recognise God's invitation to worship. And then, of course, let's not forget Mary and Joseph who were there because they heard and obeyed God's call. So why are you here tonight? Maybe you're here because, like Mary and Joseph, slightly bewildered that God would choose you to be part of his rescue plan. But living with the life and light of God inside you, that is the life of me, of Paul, of many of us here at Christchurch and indeed the global church throughout the world. But maybe you're a bit more like the shepherd. You kind of believe in God, maybe come to church every now and again, but something's happened which has unsettled you, made you ask questions, awoken something spiritual within you. Or maybe you feel like a wise man or a wise woman. Being here this evening is like going to a foreign country where people say and do funny things. But you've stopped to look at the universe, at life itself, and recognise that there is something, or perhaps even someone, behind it all. Perhaps you've even asked the question, I wonder what it's all about. I want to know more. I wonder if there is 
a God behind all this. Or maybe you're none of these, and in which case, I hope you found the peace, love and joy here this evening, and that you'll enjoy a mince pie and some mulled wine with us afterwards. And that indeed is all still part of God's wonderful invitation. In the last reading, we heard how Jesus is the life and light. The light that shines in the darkness. This is God's rescue plan. He came to earth as the baby Jesus to die for us and to beat the darkness and enable us to live in that light. Christmas is an invitation to this life and light, to have the supernatural break in, to recognise God himself at work in you and through you, to find peace, love and joy which is beyond human understanding. I love what the nativity writer and director, Debbie Isit, said in an interview with BBC Three a while ago. She said, talking about why we love Christmas films so much, and she said this, all of the Christmas films I love are fundamentally about human redemption. The idea that anyone can be saved and rescued, even from themselves, and that Christmas is somehow the magical time of year when that's most likely to happen. Wow. She's hit the the nail right on the head. Anyone can be saved, anyone can be rescued, even from themselves. And Christmas is somehow the magical time of year when that's most likely to happen. Well, I don't believe it's magical, I believe it's a miracle. It's the act and work of God in and through the person of Jesus Christ. And it isn't likely to happen. It has already happened 2,000 years ago in Bethlehem with the birth of Jesus. God coming in human form to save the world. God's inviting you into that life to share in his good news, to be his good news. And accepting this invitation is as simple as just saying, I'm really sorry for the things that I've said and done that are wrong. Turning away from them and asking God to fill you with his spirit. Now it might be that there is someone here this evening, maybe only one person, who can sense God's invitation and who wants to respond. Perhaps God has been on your case for a few months or perhaps even a few years. Or perhaps you've had a supernatural encounter with him, maybe even this evening during our act of worship. Perhaps you've been travelling to Bethlehem and are on the threshold of the stable wondering whether to step in and worship the Jesus child. Let me say to you that you can accept his invitation tonight, here and now, no matter who you are or what you've done. We're going to take a a moment just to be quiet in a few moments' time. And then I'm going to pray a short prayer, accepting that invitation from God.
Now, if that's you and you'd like to respond, I just invite you to repeat in your head the words of the prayer that I'm going to pray. Now, we would also love to get the chance to meet you to talk some more. Uh, Do come and find me or Paul at the end of the service and come and say hello. And if you've prayed this prayer, we'd love to be able to encourage you and walk with you. But it might also be that you'd just like to find out a bit more about this person, Jesus, this God that's supposed to love us all. And if that's you and you'd like to find out more, uh, we run something called Alpha that Paul's going to talk about in just a moment or two. And I just invite you to come along, share in that course and the free meal, ask your questions, wrestle with who this person, God, actually is. So now the moment just to pause and be quiet. And then I'm going to invite you, if you'd like to, to repeat quietly the prayer in your head. If you'd like to respond to God's invitation tonight. Lord Jesus Christ, I'm sorry for the things I've done wrong in my life. Please forgive me. I now turn from everything that I know is wrong. Thank you that you died on the cross. Thank you that you have set me free. Thank you for that offer of forgiveness and the gift of your spirit. I now received that gift. Please come into my life and fill me with your spirit. Amen. If any of you have prayed that prayer, do come and tell me afterwards. I'd love to be able to talk some more with you about that. Amen.